When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hey, coffee drinkers. Are you tired of the same old morning routine? Well, check out the Roaster's Choice subscription from kingscoastcoffee.com. The Roaster's Choice is an ever-changing, fresh new take on coffee. It's a great way to try some of the most diverse and exotic offerings from around the coffee world. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com and shake up the way you wake up. Hey, coffee drinkers, are you tired of the same old morning routine? Well, check out the Roaster's Choice subscription from kingscoastcoffee.com. The Roaster's Choice is an ever-changing, fresh new take on coffee. It's a great way to try some of the most diverse and exotic offerings from around the coffee world. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com and shake up the way you wake up. Welcome to episode eight of Coffee and Chill. I'm Cameron No Sleeves Halber, joined by my co-host Kesso Paguni, and we are here to talk about Hockey Ultimate Team, our weekly show. Want to take a second and just thank everyone who has listened and downloaded. It means a lot. All the feedback has been really good, and we're having a blast. With that being said, Kesso, man, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing great, man. I'm still just like you, dude. I'm blown away by how well this has uh, been going. We're on our eighth episode now. Hard to believe. Hard to, it's yeah. hard to believe we're here. Yeah. What did you do this weekend, bro? What did you do this weekend? Um, my fiance and I went to a comedy show Friday night. We went to a nice dinner. We got a nice Italian dinner. I got some chicken parm. We went Ooh. to see uh, Eliza Schlesinger. I think that's how you say her last name. Uh, she was funny as always. Um, we did some w- wedding stuff. We're getting married in 20 days from today. So whenever you Dude, listen I to this. I forgot. Yeah. Whenever you listen to this podcast, it'll be 18 days from when you're listening. So if you want to send some extra... Uh, gift subs on this on the twitch stream to help us pay for it please feel free please feel free this is costing me an arm and a leg okay uh how many people you got uh i think it's about 180 one brother oh my god mine was 120 and it it hurt yo but listen it was a you'll have a blast every single time we get a no in the mail saying somebody can't make oh, it dude. i'm like yes that dude. saves us like 100 or 200 yeah. bucks <laughs> it's so good bro i remember i remember doing they go into the list be like hey do we give them a plus one? Oh man well that being said i'm excited for you i can't wait that's gonna be a blast for you bro let's uh talk about good news all right you're getting married uh let's talk some more good news ea finally released possibly no I'm going to make it definitive. EA released the best event that we have ever had in Hockey Ultimate Team. And let's kick things off with your thoughts about uh, about the new event. Dude, I was blown away. Like, uh, like you know, I guess I'm just blown away by everything these days. Uh, <laughs> um, very surprised. They, uh, they released the 22 under 22, you know, the first week of the event. And I think, like you said, by far the best event that they've ever released in any of the Ultimate Team uh, years that they've done the mode. Um everybody's able to be involved um you can get an msp starting at 86 overall like it's just great all around you know hopefully hopefully uh this trend continues what do you think oh we'll talk we're we're gonna talk about that so yeah i i agree i think this this event was just incredible i think that with the fantasy event and how it's really for the hut rich and it was just kind of a drag because it was like two weeks of the majority of the community not being able to get any of these cards. I hope you listened to me and sold everything that you could to get Matthew Shane. Oh, we got oh, that's the thing I forgot we got to talk about. All right, we're going to talk about Morgan Bradley <laughs> a little bit. Um, but yeah, so it, it was really for the Hut Rich. So this event, however, it allows you to get, first of all, all 11 players are among the best of their positions. So it's not like there's, um, you, you know, some that are just awful. But the fact that you could spend 80,000 coins and get the pack and, and get one no matter what was just phenomenal. And then they finally gave us a reason to trade in those 74 to 79 gold players. So they're doing a really good job of like finding ways to, no matter what, 
basically eliminate a large portion of gold cards. Mm-hmm. It's like they come up with these things so that they can just eliminate them from people's collections in the auction house, which um, I think keeps the market going. But there is a lot of, uh, you know, opposite effects, I guess, or things that will change because of this event. So let's start first. Uh, your favorites in the event. Give me give me your three that you need to have or that you would prioritize above all the other ones. I think um, so. I, I have to be completely transparent. I didn't pick them and I had the choice to, but I think the best one's probably the Bow and Byram one. Yep. Um, yep, left-handed, yeah, left-handed defenseman, super fast, amazing shot. Um, but I felt like I had a lot of X-factor defensemen, so I skipped. I skipped the defenseman. I think Darlene was amazing. Um, and my actual, my my number one choice was Tim Stutzel. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my number three. Was so, like, he? We're on, we're on the same. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, ninety-three uh, skating, uh, ninety-nine yep. agility, elite edges with the uh, gold X-factor. Yep. Um, I was able to use him a couple games. Just an insane card great shooting um i have him i got the uh doc or dak however you say his name i'm terrible with this young kirby yeah i'm terrible with these young players man i'm like a boomer with this stuff (laughs) and i got uh bedard in my uh 80k pack let's uh let's stop for a second let's talk about but i agree so kirby doc is my number two Mm -hmm. in my opinion i think he is the second best because no matter what uh, size really can't you you can't uh, have an an, uh, an ability point boost to size and the position that he plays with 91 speed and his shot and, and the size, I just think that no matter what, he could be your fourth-line center for the rest of the game. Bowen Byram, I also agree. I think he is one of the cards that you could have on your third line, and his speed is enough. He's 6'1". His, all of his synergies are among the more popular ones, so it will be very easy to activate all three. And he's got shutdown. I just think that he could be on your team the rest of the game. The other ones, I think, wow, I think they're amazing and some of the best cards right now. I think a lot of people are forgetting that they're capped at 92, and eventually they won't be on your team, or there will be better cards that will replace them. But let's talk about Bedard real quick, because when he first, when everyone saw him, and my, myself included, it's just an exciting card. It's awesome when they, when they, you know, they give us a really usable card for a really exciting player, and he is legit looks to be, you know, one of the next generational players in the draft, and not next year, but the one following. But and he had 94 speed and basically 99 wrist shot, which looks to be the perfect winger. However, he's 5'10", so that's always a problem. But for winger, you don't need to have size necessarily. But, man, the 91 acceleration, I think, I I looked at it, and I'm like, man, that seems low in comparison. Again, it's not low in the grand scheme of things, but I heard a lot of people expecting 94 Connor Bedard to be like the right-handed McDavid, and he just does not play as fast as his card would indicate. Did you feel that way? Yeah, you know what? Because I, I used him for I want to say like two or three games. Uh, all the because I got three of the uh, ninety-two overall players. Mm-hmm. I used him for about three games. Noticed the Stutzel, um, and then the Bedard. I didn't notice him until I had like a game-winning goal. Um, okay. He had a wrist shot that was like it was like an OV shot with a ninety-nine power. Yeah. Um, not as fast as I'd expect, mm-hmm. but still an amazing card. Like uh, you, you noticed the shooting, I think. Yeah, yeah, makes makes me wonder how much we prioritize speed and kind of acceler- acceleration is obviously important as well, but how much that it plays into it. Because obviously once you get going, speed is what dictates the uh, top end speed. So once you're beaming down the boards. However, I think acceleration, because how often do you go, like do you get the opportunity to take the puck in your own zone and go end to end, no left or right? No, and that's you know the thing. I mean? And that's like my play style too, right? Yeah. I think... Uh, I'm a lot of stop and start, and yeah. and I'm a lot of passes in the neutral zone. I'm a lot of passing yeah. all around. So mm-hmm. like straight line speed has never mattered to me that much. I think a lot of the pro players are Exa- like that. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. Right. So I think if you're like division three to ten, like you know speed yep. ninety four speed, you see that that's perfect for you. Yeah. Most likely, but that's just not how I play. Yeah, and it looks like yeah, and like I said, the community or the people in my chat and Discord have just said that Bedard does not feel like it. So if you guys are listening to this and you haven't made one, you're thinking about it. Maybe look to go and get a safer one. I think everyone everyone can get one of these cards. Let's, like Even if you're free to play, that's the great thing about this event. So let's talk quickly about the event and just the numbers. Um, again, I did an in-depth video on this, but um, when it comes to upgrading, so you buy one and or make one, and it costs 300000 to go from in just straight coins to go from 86 to 92, which is still a hefty investment, 300,000 coins. But when you think about it, man, a master set player usually costs like 500. Yeah. Over the last few, except for the mistake they made at the beginning of the year with Superstar Origins, which they then fixed for the Master Sets for Halloween. But it's just, it's much cheaper. So, and the fact that that, the one thing I will say, the, 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 the love I have for this event and why I think it's so good is that no matter what, 
you can get in. You can be involved in the event because you can get one of these cards early and then upgrade at your own pace. Um, it is going to take a while, and for some that's free to play, you know, it is going to take you a little bit to upgrade these. But the objectives also, they added in some objectives, like score goals or whatever, very basic stuff, but they give you collectibles that can use to upgrade your X or upgrade your, your 22 card, and they give you enough to basically get one and upgrade them almost all the way, which I thought was by just playing the game, which is what's missing so much from this game, is just the ability to play the game and earn, earn guaranteed rewards, right, as opposed to packs. So... Again, EA is 22, in my opinion, has been a mess pretty much all the way around. Um, but you got to celebrate the W's, and this was definitely a W. Now, let's talk uh, quickly about, um, you know, what we want as game changers and what we suggest. And we, we can be transparent about our, you know, recommendations, I think. Um, I feel like every event going forward needs to be like this. Now, I know you can't have 22 masters every single time. Um, I think this was this was almost mimicked like Team Affinity in MLB. Like, it was just so much, which I think stunned the community. Which This caught me job. completely off guard. I yeah, didn't expect I had, this. Yeah. Exactly. So kudos to them again. But I think that going forward, let's say you have six again, like Superstar Origins. There's no reason, because in prior years, when they made the card artwork, again, I guess I can reveal the curtain a little bit here. Um, when they when they did the card art, they had to send out to an artist. So let's uh, the Lit versus Grit. I always use Miro Heiskinen for example. Lit versus Grit was the first event last year, and if you look at the card art, on the card art is the actual overall, and that handcuffs them because they can't upgrade the card because the card art is on there, right? So when they make the game, they'll do a bunch of different events, and they'll it'll already be in the game. So these new events and what they've done this year is that the card art looks incredible, but that you notice that the overall is the same font. So they can mess with the overall all they want. So there is no reason why they can't make the next event six masters that all start at 86 that have the same cheap entry point and maybe raise the cost to get them to 93 or 92 or whatever you want. But if they go back now to the same, you know, um, Halloween style event where it's an exorbitant amount of gold cards that you've got to exchange and the cost is 500k and basically if you can't rush and if you haven't saved all of your cards you can't get involved in the event and that is just such a miss and would be it'd be two it'd be one step forward two steps back because we didn't we didn't anticipate this and we didn't recommend it they just did it and it's so good and if they don't double down that's a huge l hey they right? did it to themselves right i think they set yeah. the standard for every event moving forward yeah. now like i don't know one person that complained about this which is when it comes to EA NHL, like imagine them releasing something and not literally one person complaining. Like that's insane. <laughs> um, I think the only, I, I don't need to say, I don't even say negative, but not positive. I guess neutral thing would be the market crash. And me and you have put a big focus on the market and we'll talk about your, you know, cash in, in a little bit, but we have done a very good job. I think of, we'll toot our own horns, recommending and, and, you know, uh, making coins on the market this year, something that we've kind of focused on more than we ever have in the past. I was just someone who ripped packs because it's content. And I would just basically have so many cards that I would end up getting the best team. You would just go free to play, take on tradables and be very frugal with your coins and not really pay attention to the market. Cause you just won enough in hut champs. So this year, We've paid a huge focus on this. And if you look now, you're, this is coming out Tuesday, but, man, X-Factors. Like, they plummeted. Yeah, it, I, it's been crazy because I saw, like, I, I paid almost 800 k for Crosby, I want to say, two yep. or three weeks ago. Yep. And he was, like, 350 when this event happened. And I was I like, Hedman, I, I wish. I saw Hedman on PS5 for two. Jesus. Not yeah. insta-selling. And so, guys, if you're listening to this, we want you to be aware. If you see any of the end game X factors, so I'm talking, Mc, not McDavid. McDavid won't, but let's say Matthews, McDavid will throw him in there. Ovechkin, McKinnon. Uh, I guess we could throw McCarr in there as well, and even Drysaddle. I think Drysaddle has become really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, if you see them for under two hundred fifty thousand coins, like don't think people are being so tractor beamed to the fact that there's 11 new cards and they're the new shiny hotness, but they're not remembering that they're capped at 92. And we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, basically only Bowen Byram, Kirby Doc, and Stutzla, and again, you can argue that some of the other ones as well, are, you know, have an argument to be on the team for the rest of the year. Yeah. When you have, and, and but like all the other ones, 
they're going to be outmatched by these X factors that get up to 95 and 96. So, and not to mention, in two months, these 92 cards are going to plummet in value. The, just like they're because they're only capped at 92. When all the prime times and team of the weeks get up to 92, that just, you know, no matter what, will drop their value. So, if you see any of those cards, make sure that you buy those up, like those X factors. Man, I saw Couturier going for 70. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It, now it's... is the time. And even if you're not going to use them, I would be willing to bet when this event is done that you will be able to flip them for whatever. Because, again, when whenever it's just like the fantasy cards. Whenever they score, get a primetime or team of the week, they jump up in price a little bit. So just keep that in mind. Let's now talk, though. We need to talk about uh, the market because we I, did, I was not as bullish, but <laughs> we talked about the fantasy cards and made our predictions and what seemed to be a very, very good buy. I mentioned Mangiapane, and you we well you mentioned Morgan Riley, and then you put your money where your mouth is. I said under three hundred k, you got to buy him. You went out and bought eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing under three hundred k. That's why I like this because I have it documented, right? Yep. So I, I did buy a lot. I've only sold one so far. Um, yep. I, I wasn't How able to be How on. How much? Uh, I think it was seven hundred k, and That's and my disgusting. average buy price was like <laughs> two seventy. And his yep. still the lowest that he's listed on PS five right now, I think is like five fifty or six hundred. Yep. So I can make a lot right now, right? I'm still yep. holding off some hope that he gets a goal or two in the next couple games. because um, I think once he if he hits that like ninety four overall range, he'll be the highest overall in the game. If he gets like, two yeah. more goals, if he gets two more, like he's the best left hander in the game right now. Like he'll yeah. pass by or already. So Yeah. Yeah, like it was we I I think I I don't I haven't I, it's been a minute since I've listened to episode 7, but I think that we even mentioned in there that she's like he had zero goals, he averages about 10. There's just positive regression coming. And it just so happened that you that you had bought an eight. I spent all my coins cuz I'm dumb and wanted to get my team done. And <laughs> I bought McKinnon for 700k. And I was like, okay, my team is finished because now my team is basically all done. I have all X-Factors and Mario and Gretzky. And I'm like, okay, I can just upgrade these at my own time or my own, you know, whatever. And that's the good. That's the one thing I will say is that everyone kind of works towards the same team at the end. But if you spend money on this game, I've, I've felt more rewarded this year for spending money on the game than I have in prior games. Because no matter what, I end up with cards that I will get and be able to use the whole season. Yeah, that's so, been nice. It's been it has been nice. So if you are looking to buy a Morgan Riley on PS5, you are going to make Kesso very very rich. Please so, do, please do. Hey, there's one more thing I want to add for this event though, because I'm not sure if anybody else is doing the same thing. And I have to give credit to Nuge TV on uh, Twitch or no on Twitter actually. Nuge. Nuge, Nuge was smart. Um, he's always smart. Uh, him and I he's think smart. alike. I think. Um, but anyway, he uh, he recommended upgrading these uh new msps only through coins and then refunding later in the year so i built three of them and i upgraded with coins and i think it cost i want to say 370k maybe 370 for the full thing for the full thing so i spent 370k coins times three to get 392 overalls and i figure in two months i can refund that and get you know it'd be like 540,000 coins back but it's just it's like paying like five hundred thousand coins for a three month rental. or two month rental of ninety two overall co- overall cards, and so I'm going with that moving forward. I might even make like two more of them just because the Morgan I, Riley thing paid off. I think uh, I think the one. So again, so most of our audience probably won't be able to like yeah. do multiple. Oh, it's, it's a again, very you know hot yeah. rich type thing to do. Outside of Bowen Byram, in my opinion, guys, I would outside i would not upgrade with i would upgrade with coins because i think bone byram can stick on your team the whole year the other ones there's a there's very good chance that they'll probably be replaced um the other thing uh, that i wanted to mention about this event is that there's 11 more coming i had some predictions that i'm i'm almost positive on i know you don't really have any predictions for this one so I'll i don't because i just don't pay attention Hell, yeah. i don't even know how to pronounce half these uh, players names so, all right, so I can just, you know, we can just conclude some. So if Connor Bedard got one, no matter what, Shane Wright is going to get one. And so Shane Wright will have one. He is going to probably be the right winger that I, I'm going to sell, oh, I'm going to sell X Factor Barzal. I'm out. I think that he is a fine hold, but his season has been so bad. And unless he gets a charity primetime or team of the week or event card from EA, it's v- I, I feel like his speed is so high that they won't give him that. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah, but don't you think he's kind of made redundant just because that Bedard's out there now? And they're both yeah, but the similar... Bedard is ninety two. Yeah, but there's I'm saying like even Barzell, right? We can probably let's say his ceiling's like a 93, 94 overall on the year. You know, by like the April time frame. 
uh, Bedard has elite edges. That's uh, Barzell's, you know, gold X yeah. factor. Very similar card. You might as well just go with the Bedard if you're gonna if you want that exact Barzell build. My my argument is that Barzell is 92 speed at 85. Oh, okay. So if he gets he a master or yeah. something, if he gets a master and gets a 90 or something, like all of the other X factors, we talked about this a lot. EA's been so safe, and that if they haven't had a good start to the year, they've just randomly given them event cards, like the Jack Eichel, for example, the 86 Superstar Origin, so that they had the upgrade. So they actually got upgraded. They just haven't with Barzal, and I'm willing to bet it's because he already has 92 speed, and they don't want to give him an upgrade so that they don't have the super overpowered card. But mm-hmm. again, I'm just I don't want to wait anymore. Uh, but I think that you should still still hold on to him. He's still going to be very, very good. And no matter what, they'll find a way. And he'll probably score enough points to get something at some point. Uh, he just had a very bad start to the year. I didn't realize that they started all 13 games so far to start the season on the road. Oh, like for their real? Bar, their new barn just opened um, two days or three days ago. It was their first home game because the, their, their arena wasn't ready. So I'd be willing to bet that he pops off a little bit because they're going to have a ton of home games. So, um but, yeah, so I bet that Shane Wright will get one. They released two left-handed defensemen in the last one and only one right-handed defenseman. So there will be at least one, probably two, right-handed defensemen. One is going to be um, one is going to be Jamie Drysdale. The other thing I want to mention, guys, when you're doing predictions for this, this event was already done in, like, September. So when there's card art this early in the year, they've already had it in the game. So it won't be like uh, some people keep asking me about the Sharks, Eklund, or even Lucas Raymond for the for the Red Wings. The reason why I don't think it'll be them is because there was questions if they would make the team. Um, so they wouldn't have even known they had been in the game. So I think Lafreniere will get one. Um, I think Jack Hughes is a lock to get one. And so, but nonetheless, there's still going to be some amazing ones. The one thing, if you haven't made. If you've made Bowen Byram and you're looking at Kirby Doc, who I think is the second best one, the only thing I would be careful of with there is that if Byfield gets one, I would much rather have Byfield over Kirby Doc because I actually I would much rather, but I like Kirby I like Byfield way more. And the same build, like giant center, perfect build for a center. So that's the only reason I would hesitate to build Doc yet, just because um if Byfield comes then you're then you're laughing. Um Okay, so let's talk about Hutchamps. Let's talk about gameplay. How'd your Hutchamps go? Yo, went amazing. Amazing. Phenomenal, man. I had a good one. Yeah, a good explain one. to me the new thing. Explain to me uh, and, and the result. Yeah, yeah. So I finished 19 and 1. Um, I'm assuming it'll be a top 10. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> it took me five weeks to finally get a decent finish. Um, oh, let me, before you stop there, you, you finished, you're probably going to finish top 10. Probably going to finish top does, 10, right? Does it feel the same? It, uh, you know what, even, even last year, I, I've taken a different approach than most people. I don't, I don't necessarily care about the record. I just care about the process. Like, do I think I'm playing good? You know, okay. I'm evaluating my gameplay, you know, I'm seeing mm-hmm. how am I playing against good people? I just want to make sure, you know, I'm putting myself in a winning position come GWC time. Right. Uh, it doesn't, I, I guess it's not as rewarding. There's no player card reward at the end of it unless I redeem Hot Champs collectibles. No, I guess to, to answer your question, it's not as rewarding. I'm still having a blast, though, you know? Okay. So, okay, a couple things I want to ask you. Yeah. What are you doing with your Champs collectibles? For someone that is getting, you know, 14, 15, well, 14 doesn't matter, 15 wins and above, I get a lot of questions. What are you doing with your Champs collectibles? What are you doing? I am putting them straight into the upgradable players. I'm putting them into X-Factors every single week. Ovi okay. just got a. Ovi just had an upgrade this past week. I think he had a what team of the week, and yeah, he it went co- ninety. He is nice. Yeah, so he, I have him. He cost three um up or power up collectibles. So yeah, I use three champs collectibles on that. Um, whoever I have like nine or a ten like X factors on my team now. Yep. So like, and I I have so many champs collectibles that I've saved up. I, I had a uh, Brad Marchand in my uh, X factor pack, and unfortunately, Brad Marchand of all people was the best player in that pack. So I just upgraded him to 89 because I just have all these like surplus collectibles. <laughs> it's and he's on, he's sitting on my fourth line, but um, um yeah. Let let me ask you this: I I've been telling some of the like the players that are GWC hopefuls what to do. Like I think that come March, if you have like 40, like you're gonna get like 95 overall players. Yeah, it'll be good to save those up and use on yeah. like whoever the you know hot champs cards are come that time. Yeah, those like, are going to be like free cards that you can use to fill in your lineup, whether it's like a third line right wing, like yep. maybe a second pairing defenseman. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I'm hoping for, you know, come yep. come that I, time. 
I agree. I So I am a much different player. I would average about 15 wins last year. This year uh, is the worst I've ever been in Shell, and I've talked about that a lot on here. So I basically just get 11 wins and stop because I think that EA needs to fix the reward tiers in it. Getting 11 wins is the same as 14, and if you were to tell someone you got 14 wins in champs as opposed to 11, there is a very different reaction to that. It's a very and big difference, I think. It's yeah. very big, yeah, and it, it doesn't seem like a lot, and I think EA might be out of touch or they don't realize it, uh, but yeah, so I get I went 11 and 3, and I just stopped. So I could have gotten to 15 or six or 15 or wins 17. in the next tier. Yeah or, yeah, or 17, <laughs> but my thought was like, eh, I've been playing so bad this year that like, if I lose three or two, uh, I've just wasted all of my time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not enjoying gameplay right now. Not that I think that gameplay is bad. I just cannot adjust to it. It does not fit the way that I would play before. And I've just come to realize that I don't like simulation style as much as I like the arcade style. So uh, that is what it is. And, yeah, uh, yeah I'm still, I, I still like um, the game. And I think that I, I enjoy trying to get better at it. I mean, that's what my whole channel is built on. And I can still tell people what to do. I just personally am missing something. And I think it's po-checking, man. Like, I cannot po-check someone off the puck. And that sounds like such a joke because that's the meme for 22. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what it is. Like, I'm just, that is what I struggle with the most. But uh, No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I did, you, you had asked me earlier um, mm -hmm. about champs this weekend. And I tried something uh, new out that I hadn't done yeah, this yeah. year. And I, I only used one out of the 35 ability points on a defensive X Factor. Um, I spent everything on offense. And um, the only one I used was X Factor Headman has like silver uh, shutdown ability. And it costs one point. So I'm like, I might yeah. as well use it. But my thinking was like defense is already so overpowered. Um, even though there's great value in using like I have Adam Foote like you do. And he has like shutdown, you know, and that only costs two points to activate is it really worth it? Like if you, if you deactivate like three defensemen that you have and you can get like an extra, um, I activated Schnipe on Ovechkin and I still, I hate saying Schnipe. It just sounds dumb. It's so cringe. It yeah. sounds dumb. I feel like I'm yeah. like 12 and I'm on TikTok. Yeah. But I activated on him. Very effective. I've been scoring, you know, one goal maybe every two games just due to that X factor. Um, I have the uh, backhand one activated on Crosby. So like, I, I think there's a lot of people that are playing this game right now that that they're so like keyed in on how cheap um, and and effective. We recommended it for a we while. did we did it's it's our own fault right because it yeah. makes sense right like if you can yeah. activate shutdown for two points and it makes poke checks like crazy effective like why wouldn't you activate it? Yeah. But these things are already effective. I, yeah. I played 20 games this weekend with one point allocated to defense, um, and I allowed like a little over a goal a game. You know, um, yeah. so. I think I think people will start to transition. Maybe after my recommendation, I hope to see it um, to more offensive X factors. What I started doing was so we both have like just teams that are just far too good. Like it, it's, it's sickening. But uh, we all so all of our players have X factors zone abilities. And what I found was I was trying to activate, like you said, the cheaper defensive ones, the ones that seemed like a good value. I've kind of abandoned that and really only put my top line and my second line and X factors on because they're on the ice so much. Like I have 15 points in McDavid. I think I have big rig, uh, tape to tape and something else on them. And same with Matthews. I love shock and awe. I don't, it's like, like I, the m main arcade, it's an arcade one bro. thing. Yeah. It's bro it, it is it, every time you get it off, it's just hilarious. Like it, same with truculence on defense with, uh, Ulf Samuelson. So like, it's just, it's so funny to me that, that works. So it was interesting you were telling me that, though, because, again, we've been so hard up on the defensive ones, but now I think everyone's defensive, you know, is passing or, or um, defensive awareness, everything is so high that, you know, it might just be that that might be it. So that is uh, definitely something to watch out for. What are uh, what are some cards that you're, like, keeping an eye on in terms of the market that you think might have a, a you know, a good investment? Or are you pretty much done now because of your Morgan Riley cash out? I'm almost done now. So like, and it, the thing is I haven't cashed out completely yet. Cause I, I still have like five to sell. I think I'm using one of them. Um, but my, my thinking is like, if, if I can sell those all, like I'm going to have like a few million coins, you know? And at that point, my team's already filled with X factors. Like I, um, 
I'm trying not to spend as much time in like the the day flipping. I guess like you know how like in, in the, the stock market flipping. the day flipping. Oh, I see dead. people listen. Isn't that a great term? I just coined that. <laughs> I have to get flipping. a patent on that. So <laughs> that was amazing. This is the best That's part of good. the podcast, right? So there's the day flippers in, in Hut, right? And you oh, see yeah. people on Twitter, you know, and they're like, "Hey, I bought these for like 20k. I sold these for 25k, and they're making that you know 5k profit." I I might wait. I think I'm going to hold off until I can see another like nice investment in Hut, and and go big again. But until then, I'm just I'm just holding off. There you go. You I know? mean, I think that's probably the smart movie. I think we yeah like <laughs> the Dave Flippers. <laughs> the Dave Flippers, bro. Yeah, like, when it comes to uh, so actually, someone in um on on Reddit, guys, and I thank you guys again for the. I, I posted our last one episode on Reddit because I just wanted to see if we can get more of the community to give us some more feedback on it. And you guys were all so kind. So uh, if you're listening to this and you saw, I'm gonna post on Reddit. So if you saw it on Reddit, then I appreciate you. What we want to do going forward is we're gonna post on Reddit for, or I'm going to until I get told stop. The episode. Any comments or questions you have for the next episode, post them on Reddit, and we're going to answer them there. So there was only a few that weren't just like, you guys are doing awesome. This is great. I love it, Uh, which, again, thank you so much. But some guy, 2947, great Reddit tag, um, he had a long question that was basically like uh, I had mentioned in prior videos that having too many X factors could be bad. Um, however, compared to the cost of, say, Halloween Master Sets, it doesn't seem much more expensive at all to, say, get X-Factor Matthews at the same level of 91, then factor in that you can use all of your golds from awards toward power-up collectibles, and I think it becomes way more affordable. So, when it comes to non, in my opinion, I'll go first. When it comes to non-upgradable X-Factors, guys, they have to be, like, exceptional. So, the Halloween Rivals event, there wasn't one, in my opinion, that has the chance to last past february like that's february and march is when gwc kicks in and that's really the end game kind of begins for it so there's none in the in the halloween event that can really withstand that in my opinion at all so keep that in mind none of them are worth making there are some that are worth holding on to that will give you value for a couple months and that's a different whole different conversation but when it comes to x factors guys it all depends on how much hut champs you play. Kesso just talked about it. He basically turns all of his X factor, all of his X factor power collectibles or champs collectibles into X factors because it's so cheap. It's one to one, and then he uses that to upgrade his entire team. I, I have a team full of X factors and icons. So like I have Lemieux and Goretzky and Paul Coffey and McDavid, McKinnon, Matt. All of it. it's disgusting, and. What I do is I get about 11 wins. That gives me four collectibles. And I basically take those four collectibles, turn them into four power-up icon things, and then I just basically put those four into upgrading one or two players by a level or two each week. But I have to say that I'm at a point now where I am... I, I, I haven't upgraded Mario to the full tier. I haven't upgraded Gretzky. I haven't upgraded uh, McKinnon. Just because to go to w- plus one more is like 100k. So it does become exceptionally expensive. And if you are free to play and you've got a lot that are around, you know, in the mid 80s, you got to be careful because once you get into 90, it gets really expensive. And if you don't play Hut Champs, in my opinion, I think there is a limit on how many X Factors you should have. But yeah. I'd like to hear your take on it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in full agreement. It really, like, uh, I, I posted sort of an in depth video on this on my YouTube channel about how many X Factors is too many. And mm-hmm. I wanted to base it off somebody's skill level, right? So, like, somebody yeah. in my position, um, it's probably in that, like, six to nine range, maybe, comfortably yep. speaking. But if it's somebody that's, like, maybe, like, 11 to 14 mm-hmm. wins, it's probably, like, five, five to six, yep. I would guess. And, yep. you know, it's how how much, you know, your skill level, but also, like, how much squad battles or, like, rush you play. Like, if you have the time, you could probably afford, like, one to two more. But mm-hmm. but I think, like, for, for the average person, it's probably, like, five right would you would you yeah. agree with that yeah i mean like i play this game for a living and i'm at a point now the the other downside to this to having so many x factors guys is my team is done like i've started a new series on my xbox which bro has been the most fun i've had in hockey Ultimate. that it's looks like, i'm kind of jealous you bro, thought of that one that was a good one <laughs> bro like we basically start with an all if you haven't watched it guys go watch it on youtube but the premise is i basically start with an all bronze team i mean like division six on xbox and every time i get a win i spin the wheel and it lands on primetime you know team of the week uh event cards upgrade an x factor and whatever it lands on i can add that to the team and it's been a blast but on my ps5 team it's done 
Like, I I can legit... So when this event came out, all these cool cards were out. You know, there's Bedard and Stutzla and all these awesome cards. And, like, I can really, like, realistically replace, like, three cards on my team. Like, my fourth line. So I'm going to get rid of Barzal, and I'll probably get Shane Wright when he comes out next week. I can get rid of Damfus on my fourth line. I have his team builder, but I don't really want to because he's one of my favorite players ever as a shark. And then I have that Yager who will be replaced with Stutzla. Outside of that, all of the rest of my team is the Fantasy Duchesne. It's the X-Factor McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews, Dreisaitl. It's like, I'm blessed, and I'm glad that I did all the market things, and I, you know, all the money that I put into the game, I used it accurately, and I made it the best team I could possibly make. But it's kind of boring. Like, when, you're, when you get an X-Factor and you start upgrading it, it's like you're locked in. And while I don't think that's a bad thing, it just when a new event comes out you're less excited because you're not going to take away x-factor mckinnon for some new hot 93 overall master set player no matter what because you're not like you just won't so i will i will say that i think you need to be careful with that the the mid 80s guys that don't have like i'll use sebastian aho or kyle connor adam adam fox you you have a bunch of those guys and it's fine now but that's because they haven't hit 88 89 when they hit into the 90s man it's a hundred thousand or three or four collectibles to go up one and that's like your entire hut champs run for one overall so, now uh, i want to ask you because i did make this yeah. prediction i'm not sure if it's going to happen or not like i i mm-hmm. you know i think it's important to realize when you might be wrong yeah. um but i was under the assumption that at some point in the low 90s it's going to take a big jump for those one overall grades. So I'm going to use McDavid as an example. I think his highest yeah. is 92. Um, yeah. Do you do you know the coin cost offhand to get him from 90, 91 to 92? I don't, man. Okay, I, so I think I, it was I, like 110 maybe, right? I think it's 110. It's not, yeah. It's uh, not, yeah. I think okay. it's 110. Okay, so I was under the assumption at some point there's going to be a jump from like, instead of it going like 92 to 93 overall, instead of it being 115K, it might be like 150k or 160k. Do you yeah, think do you think that jump's going to happen in the, in the at, 90s range? At some point it has to and then you have to weigh is 150,000 coins. That's basically you have to remember that master set players guys. So again, I'll use the rivals event cuz it was no one want none of the cards are that great. Um, but let's say in January the heaviest hitters comes out. You know, heaviest hitters 3.0 comes out. Those master sets, it's all relative value. So if it costs four hundred thousand in for to make a master set player in uh, November, it's gonna cost about four hundred thousand in January. So if you're spending one hundred fifty thousand to go up plus one overall, that's a big difference doing it now as because because there's no other guys that are ninety two or ninety three or ninety four overall really. But in January when the master sets come out and they're it's a ninety four overall Timo Meyer. Would you rather have that than Connor Ma- or than Austin Matthews going from ninety three to ninety four? Would you rather have a ninety three Matthews and a ninety four Timo Meyer on your team? And that's where it's going to get really interesting, I think. And I, I think that's where the you know the argument comes in. So I'm still I'm still a big believer in the X factors. The top end ones are the ones you want, and outside of that, unless you get them untradeable, I would still kind of avoid. Um, do you agree I, with that? I, I do agree with you. Yeah, okay. I, I 100% agree. I had another question for you just because you're yeah. in a, you have the flex cards, right? You have Lemieux and Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any of those. I haven't tried to get any of those cards yet. Um, yeah. But do you actually think there's a big difference right now in the gameplay between like Lemieux fully upgraded um, and like Bedard or like Doc? Lemieux is, so the the problem with my team or anyone that has a stack team like mine so if you don't this is how it ends up going and again it kind of i don't want to say ruins the gameplay but you don't really notice anyone when you have a 90 overall team and everyone's 90 overall you don't have that you know that third line that comes over the boards that's 84 overall and then you notice right so it's very difficult for me to notice a player um so when i do i know that they're pretty special like that's that's how i kind of base it on right like either a good or bad like Mm -hmm. I'll use Mike Pekka for example. I even at even three weeks into the game, that ninety Mike Pekka just did not do it at all. Like I noticed him, I could I noticed him being bad. He couldn't get separation. He for whatever reason couldn't score, and so again he's now off my team. But in the opposite, like Lemieux is I notice no matter like every time I have the puck with Lemieux, I don't have to see the number or the name. I like no. Okay. Um, I still think, but Gretzky no. Like I don't. I I notice McDavid. I notice uh, I notice Lemieux, 
and I noticed Ulf Samuelson and Foot for defensive reasons, and yeah. even Foot speed for some reason. Even though he's ninety overall, I I don't know what it is. I I swear that card's broken. Or oh, you want to talk about the broken ones real quick? Yeah. So yeah, I do yeah. want to talk about the broken. So for anybody not aware, yeah. um, there are a couple cards in the game that people think are broken. The one major one is one that a lot of people had complaints about, and that was the ninety one Master Set Yager. Do you have a theory on uh, that? Because I do. I do have a theory, and our theory is probably the same, but I do want to mention yeah. one more card in that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people did use the 91 Yager. It was an easy card to get. The yeah. other card is a 90 overall uh, team builder, Ryan Kessler, which you have yeah. to complete all the, you know, whatever division he's in. Pacific. What is that, the Pacific? Yeah. Um, and then turn in all the 85 team builders to get a choice pack, and Ryan Kessler is yeah. one of the choice packs. So the theory is that the uh the overalls listed on the cards for for the ryan kessler and the yager aren't accurate for those cards it's taking Mm -hmm. the attributes of their gold version Mm -hmm. um so ryan kessler's on the active nhl roster i believe he's on the ducks is that true yep yep so he's still he's still a member of the nhl right he's not retired technically yeah yager is on his i forget what team he's on in in that check team yeah that check league that he owns right so they are they are two of the only, I believe, uh, of those alumni type players that have an active yep. gold card in the game. So yep. the theory is that you know it's taking their gold attributes. Do you think what what do you think the likelihood is of that? I mean that super tinfoil hat, but that was what my th- thought process is. And I will say this: so playing uh, with my Hot Wheels series, I'm playing all full bronze cards. You cannot complete a pass. So okay. like. When you 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 notice you never notice offensive awareness until you notice until you you have someone that has none of it because offensive awareness once they hit like eighty it's whatever but in this game because of how puck receptions and passing works now if you make a pass to someone it could be in stride it could be perfectly placed they bobble it for a second every single time no matter what because their offensive awareness is so low and that's really what dictates the ability to receive the puck cleanly and go about your business so. When you look at Kessler and the and the Yager card, they're low enough because it, it they seem to not re- like Kessler specifically. Kessler is the pass. one that I've mainly noticed. Yeah, and um, it's not just you. Like it's on Twitter where it's like, man, is there something wrong with him because he can't receive a pass? Like so, he there has it. to be something wrong. So he's the reason why. Like with Yager, um, he he has lower speed, right? I think it's like eighty six. It's eighty eighty eight with distributor. Eighty eight with distributor, right? So like, I guess that's kind of low, but realistically, there's not much of a difference between like eighty eight speed and ninety one. There just isn't, right? No. It's like maybe a one mile an hour difference. It's um, point. It's like point three seconds. Yeah. For every two or three overall, I might be getting that wrong, but Ben talked about that recently. Yeah. So I remember it's seeing really, something about that. Yeah. It's really not that slow. And he has high shooting. I think it's like mid nineties, right? Yeah. So in my mind, like even if he's slow, I that still should be. It, it or, should yeah. be good, and it's just not. But Kessler's the one I noticed where I, I had him in my lineup for a long time, and every single time I passed to him, he would just bobble the pass. Yeah, like yeah. he can't receive a pass. So I would. I'm going to guesstimate. Uh, it's about seventy percent chance that that theory is accurate. I'm going to pull up. We're going to do this live on the thing. I want to see what the base gold Kessler has. His offensive awareness is 78. But his, I think, yeah, and that team builder one, I think, is at least 90 because he has a synergy that brings it up to that. And and on his uh, team builder card, it's 92. At 92, you're never bobbling a pass. Yeah. So we've brought it up. And I don't know, even know how you would go and look at that if you were a developer. I don't know how that. I don't know how you would, but there is a correlation of having an alumni or a different card with a current card in the game. There isn't very many of them, I don't think. So I wish we could do um, like that. Was it the Pepsi challenge from like thirty years ago? I'm showing my age here. <laughs> uh, but like, if we could like blindly put the cards into the game, and like I would have yeah. to tell you, is it the ninety or is it the seventy-eight overall? Because I don't think should. I could tell you the difference. We should do that with like just card speed, like skating stats. And be like, is this how? What overall is this card? And then like one's like a you know like a seventy seven. It's like oh, there's the budget cards you should go get. Yep. Oh, uh, it's a good idea. All right, so I hope that helps with your question. We went way off track there, but I did answer. Uh, we did talk about the X factors. There was another one that discussed uh, from Box Art. He says, "I wish you guys would have touched on how much the hitting was toned down because that's what is forcing people to not do cross creases and wraps." If hitting was more effective, like it was pre-patch, wraps and one-tees would be less effective because you could knock people off the puck before the pass was ever made. Um, so he's that, And then he goes on to say, 
give some more examples of that. So one, let's just start. Do you agree that hitting is toned down? I do not think hitting was toned down. We're talking from whenever the game was released to post patch, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't personally think there was any adjustment to hitting. I don't know I don't, if you disagree. I don't notice it either. I think that the game is so hyper. Like I'll. I'll say this myself. Before in NHL 21, the only way to get someone off the puck because intercepts weren't a thing was to body someone. So bumps, getting up there, smashing up on the right stick to bump them off the puck, which is why big players were so effective and why they're still effective. In NHL 22, I don't know if it's in my mind because everyone memes that the, the dick checking is so overpowered that I'm just hyper-focused on trying to stick check someone off the puck. I don't really notice hitting at all, really. I just notice stick checking, but I don't notice it turned down. I think that if you're in position, I think that if you make your player switch, that's something we need to talk about. Uh, if you make your player switches and you run at somebody, they still get smashed off the puck. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, and again, that might be different for some players that, you know, they're just having a different experience. But yeah, the I mean, one thing I will go oh, ahead. Oh, sorry. I was about to say it is it is a different experience for certain players. Because I noticed, like, mm-hmm. just with who I play against, right, like some of the top levels in, like, Hot Champs or whatever, the higher you get in those divisions, like, even in, mm-hmm. in Rivals, right, the higher harder you get in Rivals divisions, um, not that it's harder to get off the puck, but hitting goes down. Like, people There's go none. for less hits. Like, I think yeah. I, I might average two or three hits a game. Yep. Um, people don't really go for hits at the higher levels. Yep. No, I agree. The one thing I will say that I think is directly leading to me having such a god-awful experience in gameplay in 22 is the fact that player switching is... I don't want to say it's the worst it's ever been because it's probably the same as it's always been because they just haven't touched it, but I cannot for the life of me select the guy I want. And I'm and I understand because I know people in the comments or on Reddit are going to be like, "All you got to do is aim it with the right stick and and hold it." And I, guys, I know that. I have videos explaining how to do that. But there are situations where you cannot select the player you want. And the one I used in prior videos and I maybe in the last podcast is uh, you're defending the rush, and they're in the neutral zone, and you had two four checkers up top. You have one in the middle, and then you have two defenders. You want to select the guy in the middle because your defenseman is going to stay in position while defending the rush, and you can take that middle guy, which is usually your center, and then kind of play off of him. And because you're aiming in the middle, you can't aim like you can only aim the four directions. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't hit that guy. And I don't know how many times I've switched to the wrong player in 22, especially when I'm trying to be manual, playing manual defense in my own zone. If there was a better way of that, I, I feel like I would be infinitely better, but I don't know if you have the same experience or that is why you don't switch. Cause we talked about that last week. Hey, you know what? I do switch a lot in the neutral zone. I will say that. Um, yeah. I feel like across that line myself. though, you ain't moving. Hey, listen, I feel like I have to defend myself a little bit. Um, so whenever we did bring this up in the last podcast, I think somebody did, um, mention something on Twitter and I, I do apologize cause I forget the username cause the tweet was from a week ago, but, um, the solution brought up, right. Um, was whenever you hold in R2 or right trigger on the Xbox, it should bring up uh, face buttons, um, and you can choose. You can tap the button of who you want to switch to, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember seeing that tweet? Yeah, I, I just don't. Uh, I think we've brought this up in the past, um, you know, in the Game Changer chat. And I, I'm just, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I'm almost positive it's like, what button would you use? Because yeah. all of the buttons are kind of, like, and you can come up with a bunch of different ones, but the only one I can think of is clicking in the left stick. Because I don't think that's mapped to anything. Well, I I just I think with the solution oh, no, that the person hustling. well the, the solution that the person brought up was like whenever you hold in R two on defense, the oh. other buttons would be nullified. It would only be for player switching, right? So whenever you hold in R two on defense, yeah. you can't do any more defensive actions because you want to do a player passing. switch, right? So yeah. then you would have the face buttons X Y B and and A, right? Those would be assigned to certain positions, and then you would have like L1 or R1 assigned to the other position. So no yeah. matter what, it wouldn't take the place of any other buttons. You would only have I mean, that option. You would only need four, dude. You, like you, it actually would be perfect. because Technically, you, you, you would only need four, though, but I was yeah. thinking like it might cause an issue. Like I think five would be ideal because each position would always have the same assigned button. If you only used four, there would be two positions oh. that would have to alternate right i guess i guess yeah that and then you have to be it'd be like a mini game of trying to react fast enough. exactly so as long as if there's that muscle memory and like like yeah. let's say left wing is always x right 
then yeah. you can hold that in. And it doesn't have to appear on the screen. I think that was one of the... Now, I don't want to put words in their mouths because uh, this might be me misremembering. But yeah. I think that was one of the issues was like things popping up on the screen, right? So like if you held an R2 and yeah. buttons popped up on the screen where like the left wing had like an X over their head, it wouldn't look pretty. But if they always had the same assigned buttons, you could have that turned off. I agree. I think that would be, yeah. That would be uh, huge that, for me. I would use that every game. Same. Like, uh, I can't tell you how many times. I struggle the most this year defending the rush. I don't know what it is. I just cannot I cannot play it correctly, it seems. Like, I end up getting tractor beamed into either trying to stick check the guy coming down the boards, and it just doesn't work, and I get bumped off. And, yeah, I don't know. I Being able to switch to the player I want would just make me infinitely better, I know. And plus, because I like the strategy of the game. Like, I... I I don't stare at the guy with the puck very often. Like, so I understand the, the, the elite strategy to it. And I think that being able to switch the player you want would drastically change that. So I agree. I think that that would be one of, one of the biggest things I would, I wish we had a practice mode. I wish God, dude, the amount of time that me and you would spend, if we could put the actual strategies, I mean, the, the two that are in the game and just actually practice them. Like I mean, five. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whenever I was uh, practicing for GWC, like last year, or the year before, I was like, there has to be a way to go into practice mode and have like behind and that is the strategy, right? Like it's I even went default. into franchise mode and I was like, if I set my team strategy is this, like, but I don't even think there was a practice mode in franchise mode. I might uh, be wrong there. I don't believe so, no. Yeah, like uh, we, we need that in the game. We have to be 100%. able to set up certain, you know, scenarios. I think it's something that definitely needs to be added and I don't I don't know why it isn't. I talked about this and all when we when we did our really like negative uh, episode about how many things that are actually in NHL, but they're just not in hockey ultimate team. Like there's practice mode in sixes. Why can't there be practice mode in, 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 in hockey ultimate team? Cause I think that would just make it a lot better. We'd also be able to test out a lot of things too. So yeah, um, for sure. But, uh, all right, man. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, pretty good talk so far. The event, I loved the event. I'm hoping that this week, again, we're going to get another 11. So that's going to be exciting no matter what. People are buzzing. The community was really pumped and I'm, I'm excited for it. But uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, no, I, I've, I've liked the event. I'm surprised there's like 11 usable cards. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like one or two. Like I, mm -hmm. I did the choice pack of like, you know, instead of doing the choice of all 11, I did a choice of three because I was like, no matter what, I'm going to find a usable card there. So... Super happy with the event. Nothing but great things to say about EA this week. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to do is give a shout-out to Eki. He signed with the Pelicans in, I believe, Liga as their like eSports rep for NHL, which I thought was awesome. Always cool to see Eki uh, kind of break the barrier on the European side of things. So that is uh, that is really cool. Also, the Pelicans are like one of my favorite logos ever. I actually have an emote in my chat for them. Uh, but make sure if you guys uh, don't follow him, go check out Eki and uh, give him some congratulations because it's obviously huge for him. And uh, it's cool to see NHL esports. There's a lot of sixes and everything going on. We're gonna see some one v one tournaments soon. Little Let's spoiler hope so. alert there. Yeah. Uh, there will be. We'll, we'll be. We'll be talking about it. That's for sure. But guys, thank you again for listening. And if you haven't checked this out on Reddit, I will make the post for this episode. It'll be on Reddit. Give us any questions that you have that you want to answer on the next episode. We'll get to as many as possible. And thank you guys for all the feedback and downloads and all that. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode eight. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.